0: very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. We're gonna have to come up with a name with these. Like the con- maybe we'll just do the YouTube thing, the conversation.
1: Well, no, because I haven't night-
0: introduced you yet. Why are you speaking? Got it. You know the routine, uh, 250 episodes deep, and you're running your mouth before you're introduced. You know, what? Maybe you're don't. still talking, and I have not introduced you, Brittany. <laughs> what is happening? One mimosa, and everything goes to shit. The world is not your oyster. Introducing my lovely and talented yet premature talking co-host, Brittany Page.
1: So you're looking at me. You're looking at me. And you're saying things that I would think require some sort of response. And so with the eye contact and the words that you're using, it prompted something in me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Apology accepted. Thank you. All right. As I said at the top of the show before, I was rudely interrupted by my premature co-host. This is a bonus episode that we're going to start doing these on the reg. We just had our Google Hangouts with our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. And one of the requests that we got a couple of different times was that they wish we would go back to doing these type of longer form, singular type of interviews. In the past, we've interviewed... Gay, Hispanic, HIV-positive Donald Trump supporters. Goddamn. And uh, we enjoy doing this kind of thing, but it's hard to do it within an episode because it takes up a half hour of an hour episode, and it's really hard to justify cheating the rest of the audience out of it. So it's because of the charity and generosity of our PayPal and Patreon supporters that we are going to be bringing these Hopefully on a very regular basis. So if you have someone you'd like us to speak to, if you are interested in a topic and you'd like us to find someone to talk to whatever it is within reason, I'm not getting the high priest of the church of fucking Satan in here because that's just dumb. um, Let us know. Reach out to us. 657-464-7609. That is where you call and leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. You can also send us a voice memo from your smartphone to it at dollamore.com. So, Brittany Page, we have a very special guest on the program. We do. Who's staring at me, waiting for me to get done running my stupid mouth. Let's uh, let's start with some introductions. Nicholas Jones is a fourth-year graduate student at the University of California, Irvine, the fighting anteaters. <laughs> He's completed his doctorate in psychology and social behavior. I'm just going to call you Nick because Nicholas is too many sentences, too many syllables for my stupid little brain. Thanks for being
2: here, Nick. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So you are doing some awesome studies and research, and you're working on your doctorate. And I don't know if you've ever, like, when you do get your doctorate and you're then your doctor, you you don't want to be Dr. Jones. You're... you're I think you should be Doctor Nick.
2: Um, I'm I'm probably going to be Doctor Jones. No, such that. Hi, an-
3: Doctor Nick.
2: Well, you didn't let me <laughs> make it to that point. Um, I I should be Doctor Jones, and I would probably wear an Indiana Jones hat to class. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, Sands Bullwhip. I no I no definitely with. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, Doctor Nick. Um. You know, he's a little bit too scandalous. And so... And, and not everybody likes him. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. But uh, everyone loves Dr. Jones. Dr. Indiana Jones. They do. Who doesn't?
1: Yeah, that's a fact. Snakes. Well, snakes like, like him. He hates
0: snakes. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Wow, that uh, kind of devolved. <laughs> so ha- anyway, uh, you, you're doing awesome, super just fascinating research about something that's modern and applicable to everybody's life. But before we get into that, uh, let's go through your background. I like to do this with with some of the guests we have on, mm-hmm. and how, I guess, how we know you. Um, you were
2: Brittany's
0: Take it away, Brittany. What was the class? He was a professor of yours at at Cal
2: State Fullerton.
1: Right. Professor Jones.
2: Professor Jones. (laughs) Mr. Jones. Yes.
1: Not quite. Hi, Hi, Dr. Nate. Not quite. (laughs) Correct. No, no. Uh, For Psychology 300, which was computer applications in psychology. And that means that in that class, we learned how to use SPSS, which is a statistical analysis software, right? For people that Mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. And we had to create. That,
0: That would be me. We had to
1: create an original research project in that class and come up with the idea, collect the data, analyze the data, write up the research results, and then present on it. He was my professor for that. So that is how we met. And And then... then then, That's right. (laughs) And then... um,
0: See, I'm the premature one now. Right. (laughs)
1: Right. My project was just so fascinating and wonderful that um, we decided to collaborate on it, redo it in a different way, and we ended up going to Austin together to present it at a psychological conference in Austin.
0: Called SP.
1: SP. Yes. Society. Because it's not,
0: it's SPSS for the program. Correct. Yeah. The (laughs) software, and then SPSP, which stands for what?
1: Society for Personality and Social Psychology. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. Very good, Brittany. Yeah. This is the same Austin trip that Brittany and I have talked about on the show many times where she was deathly ill. Yes. And we forced her, she and me, forced her to go to Franklin Barbecue to buy pounds of delicious food.
1: Yes. And I got sick in the restaurant, but that's okay.
0: Mm -hmm. When Aaron Franklin caught you using the men's bathroom.
1: You know, things happen. (laughs) Things happen. So that is how we met. Right. Yeah.
0: And you stayed connected.
2: Yeah. This entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have I was going to say I have three memories of that conference. Okay. You being sick. Yeah. Me being completely wasted. (laughs) And the both of you waiting in line for barbecue. Yes. For
1: hours. Yes. Yeah. That pretty much sums up the trip.
2: um, And I was sleeping while you were in line waiting for barbecue. I was sleeping (laughs) on the conference floor somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. so anyway,
1: oh good, that sounds happens. like fun. Uh, yeah. Everybody, it
0: yeah. sounds like fun. So anyway, so now you're at the University of California, Irvine. Yes, which I wasn't joking. Their mascot is the fucking ant Ant-eater. eater. Yeah, and Zot, uh, zot just Britney's is the elephant, the Cali- Titan, what, the Titan. The, yeah, well, but I, a- I guess you could be the Hokey, which is a turkey <laughs> at Virginia Tech. <laughs> anyway, we're going down a fucking rabbit hole here. Mm. So you're doing super, I think, very important, but also fascinating research. Related to trauma and Twitter.
2: Yes. Why
0: don't you you guys, you're the nerds. (laughs) You're the smart people. Why don't you kind of break it down for the audience?
1: Well, I want to read the title of the article. Great. That is going to be published in the Journal of Psychological Methods, which is very exciting. Very good journal.
2: Is there, uh, I I didn't say this earlier. It it is their special issue on big data. Big data, it's like big pharma. But it's and big, big data. data. Correct. See, that could be a negative comment. big oil. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Big data. Once
0: they get a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: So it's called Tweeting Negative Emotion, an investigation of Twitter data in the aftermath of violence on college campuses. Yes.
0: So 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 some of the the different violent occurrences that you're covered One of them is in Flagstaff, Arizona. The other was uh, Roseburg, Oregon, I believe, the community college there. And the other one, which we've talked about on the show, and if you'd like to go back and reference this, you don't have to stop the show now, but go back and listen to the details and some of the opinions that Brittany and I shared. It was in Isla Vista in Santa Barbara, California, with a young man named Elliot Roger. And he, my estimation is he was mentally disturbed and had some issues, and... I'm going to play a clip here of an interview that was done with one of the victims who survived the attack.
3: It was on this street corner where I met Sierra Swartz just a half hour after she was shot at Friday night. She was crying and didn't fully understand what happened to her. We retraced her steps and found the bullet holes intended for her. This was the one that I felt. I'm almost positive that I felt this one. Because it was, I felt it, you know. For Sierra Swartz, the bullet holes in the fence make that harrowing night a reality. The night 22-year-old Elliot Roger went on a rampage. And then he, like, lifted up, like, a little black pistol. (laughs) And, um, and, like, I I just thought it was, like, an airsoft gun or something, so I was, like... (laughs) I was like, hey, like, what up? And I turned around and I started walking the other way. (laughs) That walk turned into a run for her life after more shots were fired at her. She turned the corner onto Del Playa Drive and ran into the first open door she saw. I just ran inside. I just ran in their house and I was like, I just got shot at. I just got shot at. Please, like, just let me hang out here for a second. Ryan Gerard and his two friends were on the couch when Swartz and an older homeless man asked to take shelter. She was crying, saying, he has a gun, he has a gun, and ran right into our house. They locked the doors, turned off all the lights, and called 911. I think we did the best job we could have done. In the light of day, a bullet was found lodged in the side of their house. The night of the shooting, Swartz was walking down the street back to her house, just a block away. That's when she saw the black BMW drive up beside her, with Roger in the driver's seat. So he did it so nonchalantly. He was just driving, he smiled at me and then he said something, and then he just like lifted it up like this and just started shooting. She didn't know six people had already been killed when the gun was pointed at her. The fact that I could remember feeling the wind pass through my face like I didn't even know that happened in a gunshot. She says she's feeling everything from sad, angry, to empty, and left the small college town to cope back home in San Diego.
0: So clearly, a traumatic event for many, many people. Mm. And I, I wanted to play that, one, to kind of refresh the audience's memory, because not everybody talks about and deals with these these all-too-frequent school shootings like, like we do. And... You're doing some groundbreaking research related to measuring the effects of the trauma in that area and, and surrounding these events. and But you're using Twitter to do so. Right.
1: So basically what you and your co-authors did, right, is you compared negative emotional expression via twitter through the use of language right in these communities where these violence where this violence occurred and then you compared that to three controlled communities right three yeah three control communities right and you for
0: for for the not so smart in our audience i'm going to represent them because i'm one of them um
2: what do you mean control communities a community where the violence did not take place okay
0: but still that reacted to the, the violence?
2: No, it's a community that is similar to the community that experienced the violence. Okay. Um, we have to have a control in the study. Um, because you're analyzing language. Well, b- basically because we're trying to infer what happened in the community that, af- that was affected by the violence. So if we want to make any kind of claim about whether or not that community uh, experienced something... We have to compare the pattern of responses to a control community yeah. that did not. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That did, that did not experience. I'm that.
0: probably going to be butting in a lot Excellent. with a lot of dumb Great. questions. So.
2: <laughs> Let them rip. Uh, this is a quasi-experimental study.
1: Do you want to explain what that is for all the listeners? Because <laughs> Jesse's like, mm-hmm. oh, I think I want to ask what this is. <laughs> yeah. This
2: is a this is a quasi-experimental study, and what that means is that, uh, you know, in a true experiment, you have random assignment. Okay? Yeah. Sure. Uh, One person is randomly assigned to one of X conditions. Okay, Uh, but in real life, you can't randomly assign a community to experience a school shooting. Right. So there's no possible way to conduct an experiment so that we can tease out causation. Okay. So the the next best thing that we have is a quasi-experimental design, and that's a situation where you know we have uh, where something happens to a community. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, whatever patterns that we're looking at in that community, we, we have to be able to uh, compare those patterns of responses to some kind of control where that event did not occur. Right. Yeah, um, Absolutely.
1: So we'll get to the results in a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the methods used in the study. Cool. And I was particularly interested in the linguistic inquiry and word count, Mm. uh, the automatic text analysis program that you use to analyze the tweets. Yes. Is this a new phenomenon? Is this something that's been used for a while? What was your experience with it?
2: Um, Well, so we call it Luke. Luke. Okay. okay. It's easier uh, for me. Thank yeah, you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So Luke uh, was developed by Jamie Pennebaker and his colleagues. And it's just a um, a collection of dictionaries that represent uh, different psychological constructs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this particular study, we used the dictionary that pertains to negative emotion expression. Okay. okay? Um, there so are
0: Something that's already established yeah, and having been created. There's
2: like four or five hundred words in this dictionary. And they all are purported to capture negative emotion sure okay okay uh, so that's what we, what we used in this study there are other dictionaries that are useful for other emotional states other psychological processes that we did not use in the study mm-hmm. um, but you know there's a lot of evidence that suggests that what people write tells you something about them psychologically mm-hmm. so if i were to Look under your pillow and pull your diary out and read it. Where I, I keep it. I should exactly. <laughs> I should be able to get a sense of how you were feeling on a particular day that you wrote an entry.
1: Based on my word choice. Based on
2: the, yeah, based on your word choice.
0: So
1: word choice is related to emotional states. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's a proxy. For that's us. why the tweets were used, right? Because yeah, yeah. that revealed something about how the people in those communities were feeling at the time, based on their word choice in their tweets. Yes,
0: that's correct. Well, let me ask you this, because that, that leads me to w- w- the burning question in my mind, mm. which is accessing all of these data from Twitter. Mm. W- what do you? You're not going through tweet by tweet and geotag. I mean, are you? Are you searching hashtags? Well, how do you do that?
2: Yeah. So many uh, researchers that have looked at traumatic events using Twitter, they will tend to pick one of two uh, strategies. The first of which is. Pulling a shitload of tweets. Yeah. Okay. And then only looking at tweets with geo codes that are relevant for some particular geographical area they're interested in studying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one way to do it. The other way to do it but is, is that
0: as reliable though because
2: well we we'll, we can talk about it but let me let right. me t- let me tell you the other <laughs> let me tell you the other strategy the other strategy is that um not real happy right now. <laughs> Uh, We'll come back to your question, sir. Um, The other strategy is that people will, or researchers will use hashtags uh, to pull a vast number of tweets about a particular event, okay? Each of these strategies has their sort of drawbacks and their virtues to me also. Geocoded tweets really give you one thing that no other strategy can give you, and that is it can give you a tweet that is in the exact geographic area proximity that you're interested in yeah yeah okay the problem is that maybe like one to six percent of all twitter users ever elect to have their tweets geocoded
1: because it's probably a privacy concern yeah right
0: well twitter doesn't this is probably an evolution thing relative to the twitter technology if you want to call it a technology because now, Twitter, they used to, when they geocoded, it would give your exact where you're fucking standing. Yeah. Now, it just gives the general, like, Newport Beach. Yeah. The general area. The, yeah. the way I understand it. Because um, I still geocode on my personal Twitter.
2: Yeah. And it just says Newport Beach. I think that if it was mapped out, though, you probably are going to be within, you know, 100 feet of some location where you're actually standing. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I just totally made that up. I don't know for sure. Uh, What I will tell you is that I think this is true. Regardless of whether you opt in or not, Twitter knows where you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? But if you're a poor researcher like me looking to get free access to Twitter... You're you're, you don't have a lot of money or you do it poorly? uh, (laughs) Thank you for allowing me to clarify that. Um, When you're a broke grad student like me... Uh, you can't afford to pay for access to Twitter, yeah, so we're, sure. we're so we're trying to find these other ways of accessing Twitter data. They do uh, they do make their data available freely for anybody who can access their API. Well, what 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 is API? Application programming interface.
0: So it just it's it's just. It's Twitter. A, it's, it, the- it's
2: a portal to access Twitter data. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you ha- you have to write scripts to do it. It's not like some. It's not Facebook. You can't right, like log right. in and then see stuff. <laughs> um, you know, you have to write a script of something like a Python script or an R script to access their API. Um, you know, if you search Twitter for a hashtag, it's only going to give you, if my memory serves me correctly, it's only going to give you tweets from the most recent three days. Hmm. Okay, so you can't do some very extended search back into time, um, so that's a, and that's a problem if you're gonna tra- if you want to do trauma research which, for sure, where, yeah. where time is really important, uh, you know you just can't search for a hashtag. So these so these researchers will use geo codes or they're gonna use hashtags, and what they do is they you know they um, start if they do a hashtag approach, they're gonna start immediately. So Newtown shooting happens. They're immediately on it, you know?
1: So before we get to that, because you guys did, you, you used this novel approach. We have a
2: different approach, right. correct.
1: So we'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk about the accessibility of tweets. Because yeah, I'm fascinated it. by this. I think it's a little a little scary for some people, maybe. But it's also fascinating because it's good for science. Right, right. right. That you can download these tweets right. and then study them. Maybe
0: yeah, you're only downloading public publicly available tweets. That's correct. Yeah. So it's not like if you mark your shit private, if you that 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 Dr. Nick here, soon to be Dr. Nick here, has has access to it. You're still your privacy is maintained. you're, You're private. Yeah.
2: You know, I can see I would be able to see that, you know, like you follow or let's let's try this. Uh you guys have a Twitter account, don't you? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I can pull the list of all of your followers very easily. Um, But if I wanted to examine those tweets, I could only examine the tweets of the people who have public accounts. Right. So if you had someone with a private account, I would get zero tweets. That's right. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's not, I mean, it is, uh,
2: uh, you tend to, I
0: think, use the adjective creepy, Brittany.
1: I do. For lots of things.
2: Well, this specifically, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah well because
2: it's a little big brother isn't it
1: yeah there was that controversial study on facebook Mm -hmm. where they were manipulating things that you were seeing in your facebook timeline and no one was notified of that and then once they figured out that this study was going on and that they were a part of it and that things in their timeline were being manipulated and they weren't told people weren't happy so i think there might be something going on here with that with twitter right maybe
2: yeah i mean I like, you know, when I uh, so I was at SPSP when the author of that paper gave a talk on this project that or on that project and the, I the Facebook the one. Facebook one yeah. and I, I closed my Facebook account because of it because it was fucking creepy.
0: Yeah, but what you're doing, I mean, obviously, I don't think Britney's accusing you of doing something. No, no, tour, it's, it's different because they're analyzing what has just been someone chose to make this tweet available Correct. to the world right. and they're just gathering all this data yeah. and analyzing it. Yeah. So that you're not infringing upon someone's rights or right. manipulating what they see or how they experience I'm, something. It's
2: true. I mean, I, I'm i definitely on that side of it, Jesse. Um, Thank you, sir. I,
0: I am
1: too, everybody. Um,
2: no, it doesn't. Don't
0: come <laughs> around now and
2: act like you're on his side.
1: I'm just trying to ask effective questions, okay?
2: <laughs> I mean, there could... I. Uh, uh, hopefully not throwing myself under the bus here a little bit but like you know there is this this element of you know wanting to uh, to get consent from people you study like in psychological research consent has always been a very it's, it's a huge part of our history nah. so oh yeah
0: Well, no i'm just if, if it's public it's public <laughs> yes they but put that's, it out there that's for the, the point world that's
2: the point you know when, when people make a twitter account they do have that option to make their tweets private yes you know and fa- uh, with facebook it's that's sort of them assumed. giving
0: consent is when they make their yeah, shit right, public for right, the world.
2: Yeah, right, 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 right. I yeah. mean, if
0: you're if you're if you're a a, a, a street corner preacher, yeah. and you're up there talking about the Jesus. Uh, you're there for the world to see. Yeah. If someone videotapes you, you're consenting to it because you're in fucking public.
1: Well, and it is similar to. I don't know why I'm so
0: angry about it. I know. It just I
1: know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's similar to the you know lower level site classes when you start learning about observational methods and mm-hmm. what requires IRB approval. Mm-hmm. And if someone's An in IRB public,
0: is for my my people.
1: The institutional review board that approves the methods that you're using for your research, right? For, for human subjects research. So you're
2: not. You're yes. not Turn it into
0: a milgram or something
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or a Zimbardo.
0: Zimbardo, that's right. Precisely. Stanford prison., Experiment, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: okay. so you can observe people in public like yeah. that's something that you can do without needing approval, right? And so it's similar to yeah, it's
2: kind of like that, isn't it? I the mean, tweets. yeah, we're just I do think it's the same. yeah, thing. the the data are already there. and so so it's and it's it's the data are archival, you know, right they've they've happened already. Um, so we're just looking to see what well, they what they are. So
0: let's get into that. L- let me uh, let's go to where we were before we when we switched over about the two different methods. What's your unique take right, on on right. this? Not geotag. Yeah. Not hashtag. Yeah.
2: So we uh, the way that we sort of conceptualize it in the paper is the this method that we're proposing is kind of a middle of the road situation. So the hashtag situation, you're getting you know te- you could potentially be getting tens of millions of tweets
0: right i mean if, if, if there's a lot there's the a lot shooting, of there's a l- the shooting took place in isla vista and someone's hashtagging in tehran iran yeah
2: they're not really feeling the trauma correct yeah right and and they're and they're likely going to be a part of your sample so yeah.
0: that's wise i mean yeah. that, i think you guys are that's that's a broad look at it really understanding yeah. where the trauma took place yeah
2: so you've got that so, um, so with that strategy, you're getting too many tweets, in my opinion. With the geocoded strategy, you're getting, you have to download m- millions and millions and millions of tweets to get like 100,000 tweets. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, to run a meaningful analysis across time.
0: So, it's unnecessary sifting through yeah. unnecessary tweets. Yeah.
2: So, we've got this middle of the road kind of approach where to, uh, and especially as trauma researchers, you know, we want to study the people who are in the communities. For sure, right? So, what we decided to do or try to do uh, is we identified Twitter accounts that are local to the communities we wanted to study. So, for example, uh, Jesse here probably doesn't follow the city hall for Santa Barbara. No. He would have no reason to do that. But it's very likely that someone who lives in Santa Barbara follows the city hall. Sure. Sure. Um, the same, I think, is true, uh, or a case could be made in anyway for local radio stations or local uh, news accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those are the those are the the types of Twitter accounts that we identified uh, in a, in our like first step of trying to employ this method.
1: Because that takes it to the community level, Correct. which is what you were looking for.
2: Yeah. And then what we did is once we identified these uh, these local Twitter accounts in our in our communities of interest. Then we had to make sure that the control communities also had similar types of accounts, and so that took some work. It takes a lot of work to find these sort of these like linked up these linked accounts.
1: Well, especially when comparing Santa Barbara with Flagstaff, Arizona, yeah, yeah. which is different. Yeah, and, and somewhat.
2: Ma- <laughs> it, it's different for sure. It, it matches on a number of demographic features, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we chose it because it was kind of the closest thing that we kind of found.
0: A L- lot of white people. Uh,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it has you know has a major university um income s- levels s- s- about income say, is yeah. uh, it's it's higher in santa barbara for sure but uh I mean, the crime rate is very similar yeah, just like things like that um, did
1: they have a lot of radio stations
2: um well here's the thing it turns out that that in santa barbara you know the twitter u- twitter users are, are very active uh that's the wrong word uh, there are a lot of tw- Twitter users in Santa Barbara compared to Flagstaff, so you know we found one really good uh, uh, repository of Twitter users who follow like a particular radio station there. Um, but in Santa Bar- or in, uh, in Flagstaff, we had to get followers from three radio stations because.
0: It's less metropolitan. Yeah, well, it's, it's way, not you,
2: metropolitan. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we, you know, that, that's the point that we, you know, we found these, we found these similar accounts, these similar right. local accounts. And then what we did is we downloaded a list of the people who follow those accounts. And then that became the people we sampled tweets from. So we pulled the most recent, I forgot what it was exactly, the most recent 700 tweets mm-hmm. from the people who follow those local accounts.
1: So you downloaded tweets from followers of accounts of community-based accounts and also university accounts. That's correct. And I know in the paper, because I read it. Mm-hmm. It's, wow. It's very well written. <laughs> it is very well written. Very I will say good. that. In the paper, you talk about how in the community, the community followers going to be local people, right? right. Cuz no one cares about following a community account that they don't belong to, right? Yeah. That they don't live in. But with the university account, there may be someone following it who doesn't actually live in that community. Yeah.
2: So these university accounts have roughly 15,000 followers. They're they're much larger than the community accounts. It's totally true that that an that, that alumni, that faculty, that other universities also, maybe prospective students. Prospective students could yeah. be following these accounts, so they're not necess- necessarily community members, right? Um, we concede in the paper uh, that there there could be error there. That's uh, a limitation. It's a limitation for sure. sure, you know. But the the pattern of results that we see in the um, among community followers is very similar to the pattern that we see among uh, university account followers. The university account follower pattern in general is stronger uh, than the community account followers hmm. um, but the pattern is the same. Are we are we ready to maybe talk about the results?
1: Yeah.
0: Cuz I'm we keep talking about what are the results? What are the are yeah, yeah. we see these results, we see those right. results. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm champing at the bit here like what are the fucking
1: results everybody? <laughs>
2: okay. So let's uh well I can tell you.
0: Yeah.
1: All yeah, right. I hope Yeah. i I'm not looking <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 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 I read it, but I didn't internalize and memorize everything that that was in the paper. So. Let's hope I did. Yes.
2: Um, so essentially, what we were trying to do is we were trying to identify negative emotion expression on Twitter as a result of these uh, these incidents of violence, and that's exactly what we found. Okay. So we and we did it two ways, and I don't know. We'll see if, how much detail I'm going to get into, but um, for sure, before the shootings, before that, before the violence. There was very variable uh, expression of negative emotion on Twitter in these communities. There was definitely a spike in the immediate aftermath. Sure. Okay.
0: Again, based on the analysis of the dictionary that was... Yeah. Used. Yeah. We're using the negative emotion Luke. Luke dictionary. That's right, Luke.
2: Yeah. Using that negative emotion Luke dictionary, we, You know, we, we basically had our, our, our script uh, sift through the tweets, code the tweets for negative emotion... Okay, And do then we do
0: you put a, a value like
2: yeah it's well the, the way that we did it uh, well what the, the script does is it counts okay and then we take that count and we say all right well does a tweet have negative emotion or not so it's a zero one type mm-hmm. of variable um, and so we map these proportions across time and for the sake of simplicity we'll say we looked at daily negative emotion expression in the seven days before the violence in the seven days after okay. And so – and that's how we're able to, to – on the, on the day of especially, we're able uh, – using the, one of the – one of the statistical techniques, we're able to predict what the, what negative emotion expression would have been on, on the day of the violence had the day not occurred. Hmm. Okay. Then we look at the proportion of negative emotion expression that actually occurred. So we're able to co- – we're able to basically compare a predicted proportion yeah. as if it hadn't occurred to what actually happened. Okay. Sure. And then we can look at the pattern – Across the next seven days after the violence, we can see you know how long does it take for negative emotion expression to return to baseline. For do you, example, do
0: you find that the the horror of any? We I mean, only looked at three, so it's it's hard to really make. Probably you can't totally answer this question, but mm-hmm. I I think it would be interesting to see if the horror of the tragedy, like let's say a Pulse nightclub shooting, yep. which I'm sure you guys are
2: yeah we yeah we have a study out yeah on that, right
0: um, <laughs> that the trauma. If it would last longer than if one guy gets killed, which is still horrible, yeah. But if the the magnitude of the tragedy will create a, a deeper, longer-lasting trauma,
2: yeah. We don't we do not observe that that is the case. Really? Yeah. We actually thought that. Um, oh, that's shocking to it's, me. It, us too. We were we were very surprised to find that you know at at Northern Arizona State University where one person was killed. And it was like a targeted act of violence. It wasn't a mass killing. Right. Um, we found that, that there was an incredible amount of negative emotion expression the day after the shooting. Okay. And it was just that the, the lasting effects were just as ephemeral as the effects we observed in Isla Vista and in Roseburg. Wow you know and it, that is just interesting a couple, it's
1: just a couple days
0: because and, I, elliot roger
1: I, was randomly shooting people on the street right yeah. i mean these are different Yeah, coming
0: out of like ice cream shops and shit yeah
1: these are different violent yeah. mass shootings but there's still this consistent effect emotionally yeah through these tweets Do you
0: guys have a hypothesis on that or an idea or just i think th- I, so new the research that, well you know,
2: i don't know i just think it's like a f- it's like a feature of the platform itself you know if if some, if something bad happens, somebody's gonna tweet about it. Yeah. Okay. But are they gonna tweet about it every day? They're probably yeah. not. They're probably gonna like talk to their friends or the family or whatever. And yeah. I, I think that's what that is is reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a guess. If I had access to Facebook data, it could be a completely different picture. People share more on Facebook. They're more consistently sharing sure. on Facebook, I think. And so um, there would be more. There there would be a richer story to tell. If I had access to that kind of data. But also because it's not just 140 characters. Yeah, right. As Twitter is. Although I think, it, isn't it different now? Isn't it like 10,000? They upped it? What? Twitter? It, yeah.
1: It's still 140.
2: Oh, it didn't, it didn't change? They were talking is, about
1: it. It's definitely not 10,000. Yeah, 10, <laughs> I know that. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up as I go.
1: <laughs> Maybe they'll get there eventually.
2: But they
0: didn't, they didn't up the character count? They're talking about it. I don't think they've done it. No, because I tweet okay. a lot. Too, and too I, clear- much. I
2: clearly don't. So.
0: <laughs> but they, it is something that the, the Dempsey and the crew okay, okay. Are, are talking about.
2: Right. And as like someone who's interested in linguistic analysis, like I long for people to tweet more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, it, make, it makes their responses more rich for, for us to analyze.
1: So I think in the paper you gave advice to people who are interested in researching tweets or mm-hmm. pulling tweets. Did you do that?
2: Um, yeah. Yes.
1: Do you have some advice for researchers that may be interested in this area?
2: Yeah. Um. Because going... it is
1: kind of new, right?
2: I mean, no. So here's the thing. Well, okay. <laughs> School me. <laughs> so how long has Twitter been around? Since when? 2009? Uh, 2000... Six? 2008 or seven, maybe? Seven? I think, yeah. Yeah. So it's been around for some time. And computer scientists have... Had the aka t- nerds, nerds, <laughs> uh, they've had the technical know how to access tweets, so they've been doing stuff ever
1: since the beginning, S-
2: since the beginning of time. <laughs> okay, they've been doing 2007, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they've been doing that this kind of work, um, you know, it's not like I think it would be unfair to say it's not like psychologically rich. It probably is on some level. They're not publishing in psych journals, but psych- so computer
0: scientists are doing groundbreaking psychological research. Come on, yeah, I doubt right, that. right, right.
2: They're but they're definitely using groundbreaking methods, and sure, and we're like well, psych-
0: it'll inform your research oh yeah how yeah, they yeah. Did what totally
2: totally. So so it's not necessarily advice, but we have recommendations for people who want to engage with social media uh, data, and you know. What's not written in the paper is, you know, it takes a lot of effort to learn about the tech, learn learn the code to write the scripts that allow your uh, that or that give you access. Um, But you know, the the point is that if you're gonna if you're gonna study people that live somewhere, you've got to try to hone in on where they're at. And it is our opinion that using hashtags or only using geocodes, you know, are it's just not. Using either of those strategies is not sufficient. You've got to. There's got to be. Other, we have. We have to try other ways of. It's of not a capturing. full enough picture. Yeah, I or a specific enough co- focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's already a lot of bias in terms of using Twitter data because who uses Twitter? Not your grandma.
0: Well, well, you know what? I, I'm, well, I'm
2: not a kid. True, but the and people I, I use
0: the shit out yes, of Twitter
2: correct
1: but if you look at the overall average right. age yeah. of the, people yeah, on twitter the, it's probably going it's also, to it's, it's probably going to skew toward millennials right it, yeah
2: definitely for yeah.
0: sure millennials but also those
2: are the people being affected by college mass shootings right so we make that argument in the paper that although twitter uh, users are not representative of the general population they are relatively representative of the people who were affected by college Absolutely. campus shootings yeah for sure um I don't even think
0: that's a limitation. I think that's the the group you're focusing upon. Yeah, right. But maybe not. I mean, you know, I'm just a dumb guy. No, it's
2: it's. I mean, those are the people who would be affected. The maybe the I don't I don't want to say the most because that sounds insensitive to people who live there who it's it's probably affected. It's not
0: like you're studying, um, death at retirement communities and then using Twitter to to be a gauge. That would be ludicrous. Right. You're you're in the prime. Demographics of that particular kind of trauma. Right. Well,
1: and I like what you said about how Facebook would add a a more rich data source into this, right? Because people tend to reveal more on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if more users too. Yeah, and obviously Facebook is partnering with people and doing research with them secretly.
2: (laughs) Well, they're not partnering. They're not partnering. They're They're, just they're
0: employees. I think these. Yeah, they're just social scientists.
2: Facebook was a sponsor at SPSP last year or this year. What what year are we in? 2016. This year. So was that the Long Beach one? No, no, Uh oh. Uh, yes, it was in Long Beach. That was the last one. No, it was not. Where was it? That was the year before. Gosh, they all they, all, they you know they they ain't great. They all run together. Uh, Facebook was a sponsor at SPSP this year, um. So the, and they had. I mean, they they're actively trying to recruit social psychologists to do this kind of work. Okay. Um, but and they but, really
0: d- listen. I watched like a, a documentary or something about them. And Facebook, for all the faults that we've just talked about and laid out, they're doing groundbreaking things that really are giving new insights into how people operate. Yeah. So it's good. Although, you know, mistakes are going to be made along the way.
2: Mistakes were made.
1: Yeah. I don't want to kind of detract from what we're talking about, okay. but I did hear that Facebook was doing something interesting with voting that they had three different things they would show to people. They would just show today is the day you vote, go out and vote, share with your friends, or they have a post that says these are your friends who already voted today. Yeah. It's voting day, go vote. And then there was another post I forgot. And it depended on like the variation in what they were showing, but the the one where it showed who with the one where it showed which of your friends have voted people were apparently more likely to go out and vote Hmm. because they felt guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They wanted to compete, right? These are my friends that are voting. Um, So they're doing very interesting things. And I'm just wondering if they will ever get to a point where, like Twitter, they make that information available to people that aren't working for the organization. Yeah, I
2: don't think so. Yeah,
0: they're pretty proprietary. It's proprietary. They're secret sauce.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. So I just, it's kind of a methodological point, but you know, we, we didn't just look at negative emotion expression on Twitter. We looked at negative emotion expression that was particular to the event in question. Oh, okay. So not just,
0: oh fuck, I wrecked my car.
2: Yeah. Right. So yeah. we, we, that all got filtered out.
0: Yeah. That's all. Well, that's awesome.
2: So, um, yeah. So I we mean,
0: more, more specificity.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we because negative emotion, negative emotion expression on Twitter is variable, on any given day it's up or, or, or if you looked at a, a timeline of a week and you looked at negative emotion expression anywhere, it's going to just be up and down, up and down, especially and down. in
0: Los Angeles, depending on the traffic.
2: Correct.
1: <laughs> well, especially on the person that's tweeting because Twitter yeah. used to be a platform for, pe- for people to tweet about going to the bathroom and Oh, I dropped my popsicle and Oh, now I'm walking down the sidewalk oh, I'm eating and pizza. And
2: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a, it was a play by play of their day. Basically. Right. Um, So, yeah, so we so we looked we we coded tweets for whether or not they were about the incidents, about the shootings or about the killings. Pretty in-depth. In in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Without using geocoding, without using hashtagging.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. So they're awesome. I just wanted to make that point.
0: Well, we're going to want to have you back on, especially I don't know how long it takes to do all this. It seems like a pretty complex process. Yes. But especially in the wake of the Pulse tragedy.
2: Yes. Um, I have no Twitter data. I'm really interested that, in that. But I have there are things that we yeah. can talk about. So, um, but, but the other thing I want to get to yeah, before yeah, we yeah. end it here yeah, yeah. is
0: I know and this might be an, um, an offshoot or a, a result of all this, this data and this research that you've done. Mm hmm. Um you you I don't know if this is a personal thing or or shared by the members of your research group but I know you are not a fan of when people share like videos and 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 trauma type of like for instance the Philando Castile shooting right I in my YouTube response about this included video footage of a bloodied philando castile right so i know you're not a fan of that and i am a fan of it and not just for the sensationalism of it i have a reason but i'm curious as to why you're
2: yeah there's a lot of um, evidence out there that suggests that exposure to graphic media images is psychologically damaging uh, and physically also. So there's, there, there, are, there are psychological and physical health consequences mm-hmm. to, to watching negative imagery. A lot of that work came out of studies of people who watched some of the graphic coverage, the graphic live coverage of 9-11. Sure. Um, the, the, the work that, that my advisor uh, does on the Boston Marathon bombings is all about indirect exposure to uh, exposure to these graphic uh, images and, you know, it turns out um, and I'm going to I'm probably going to, like, say this wrong. Oh, well. But the po- <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. The point. The, so the point I'm trying to make here is, uh, you know, people people who watched this is in a recent study. I think it was 2014. Um, yeah. So there, there, there is evidence that expo- exposure to graphic imagery is really damaging. Um, one of the recent studies that came out of the lab that I'm a part of at UCI basically suggests that six or more hours of media exposure uh, entailed more psychological consequences than people who are actually at the Boston Marathon bombing. Hmm. Oh, so, wow. So, wow.
1: Is that anxiety, depression? These are, oof. A lot of different things? So
2: it's acute stress, basically. So um, so I'm not a fan of... Well, here's what I'm going to say about it. Uh, when when, when the whole Philando Castile video went viral, I watched it, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I, I know it's not good for me to watch it. Because when you see th- certain things, and you have certain sensitivities, like you can't unsee. Right. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and that's a problem. Uh, okay. When you're down, I'm. Yeah. I'm yeah. Go, so <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so I. So, you know, we have a journalist, a, a, a Pulitzer Prize nominated journalist in our lab, nah. who believes. <laughs> <Big deal. laughs> who All believes this evidence yeah, who, be- who believes that it's important for these types of images to get distributed because that's how that's that's it's one of the mechanisms by which social change and awareness happens is that the, your point he's my boy yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my boy right there. um her, her name is, is that's my girl <laughs> right there <laughs> her, name is, her name is pauline
0: wow um, that's very patriarchal of
2: me. Uh, it yes, really was yes. <laughs> um hashtag so-
3: privilege
1: <laughs>
2: And I, you know, I actually, I, I feel that point on so many levels. I get that. And that's why I didn't say, when I made this Facebook post, I didn't say, don't watch it. I said, don't watch it repeat- repeatedly. Oh, okay. Okay. You know? so okay, Because
0: I do share uh, her opinion, the the, yeah. the the Pulitzer Prize nominee. Yes. Because, especially where it relates to police brutality yeah. in instances yeah. like the Flando Castile, the horrible occurrence that it is... Listen, this is the government putting its fucking boot on the neck of the black community. Right.
1: Well, and before video, we didn't know it was happening. So now we 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 get to see that it's happening. Oh,
0: that was just some thug. Yeah. Right Uh, now we have proof. Now there's proof because everybody has a video, a a, a 4K video camera in their pocket. Right. And we're seeing day after day after goddamn day. The black community being abused and...
1: It victimized. does. It does raise another interesting psychological question, though, particularly in the Black community, which is, well, how does it affect the Black community to see these videos repeatedly being shared in their news feed or just on the internet? Period, or on the TV playing nonstop, right? right? And and the anxiety, right, acute stress that you're referring to.
0: Well, it's it, for me. Sorry, it's kind of a trade-off. Is what's is it? A little, some trauma, some stress, some physical and emotional distress. Which is the better thing to to, to sub, uh, be subjected to a little bit of that yeah. or a lot of that, even mm. if we're able to uh, orchestrate immense social change. Right. I mean, it's it well, is that's it, a lofty it's, question. It's, a, it's an arguable point to talk about. It, it's important.
2: Uh, yeah, and I think that there are many. Uh, many angles and implications that I feel like I'm not the best person yeah. to, I mean, here's the thing there could be, there could be different for like racial differences and, and seeing this imagery and all of that could be wrapped up in social context in a way that, you know, would need to be teased out. And, you know, like that imagery, you can't suspend the fact that it was a black man being shot for sure. Right. Um, but it was a human being being shot. So it can be very distressing on that level for for people who are not accustomed to that.
0: But it also personalizes it. It brings it home that this isn't just some imaginary black guy who got killed. This is, oh my God.
2: It personalizes it for for white people. Yeah, Yeah. which
0: right now we are the change makers because white people have the power in our society. So they need to see, look, this shit's going on. This needs to be changed. This is horrific. I get a little fired up, but it—it, it, it, I think it's important, especially for dumbass white people who deny that ex- it, that this problem exists, mm-hmm. to see it. Even if there is uh, a side effect that's harmful. Yeah. Because which is more? I mean, yeah. Egregious, right? The I mean, harm or the, you know, the systematic oppression and killing, uh, right? Of young black men. I mean, right? I, have,
2: I had, I had the same thought when I was in Greece last year, last summer visiting my family. Um, you know, the refugees, the, the, the... the refu- yeah, the refugees were that, that, that's all, that's what dominated the news. And then there, you know, there's the child that washes up on the yeah. shore or whatever that's dead yeah. you know, face down. Dead. And I mean, that was a, I mean, that was a very, that was heartbreaking, you yeah. know? And so there's, there's implications there. Like, th- did it raise my awareness not me in particular, probably because I was like already. Expo- I was already watching the news uh, sure. for right. weeks and weeks and weeks. But but that became globally. It, globally, it, it did. That. Yeah. So same I, I,
1: with the latest uh, Syrian boy who was pulled from the rubble of the yes, airstrike. Right, right.
2: Sitting in the right.
0: right. It was yeah. another
1: wave of right. awareness for people. I think.
2: But you know.
1: But there is a trade-off, like you're saying.
0: But I think it makes a change on a macro level. If, does if you it can, though? But if you he, can affect the policy yeah. of a nation based on that imagery. God damn, that's powerful. But is that happening? Like, slowly, but you. you know, I like, don't know. I
2: mean, I don't know what we're like, in a
0: giant. Uh, yeah. Cruise ship. It takes a long time uh, yeah. to turn the cruise ship. Yeah, it, right. It's right. not. We're not in a little cigarette boat that you just jerk the wheel and all of a sudden you're going back the other way. Right, right. Well,
1: and I think for future Doctor Jones, I just want right? credit
0: for my my awesome uh boat analogy here.
2: <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> Thank
1: you. That was so good. <laughs>
3: Hi, Hi Doctor Nick. Nick.
0: That's see that's positive, Dr. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. When you agree, yeah.
3: Hi, Dr. I win. Nick. I win. Yeah,
0: when you're when you bum me out, uh, Hi, Dr. God. God. Right, yeah, right. no good. Right.
1: But I I think <laughs> As you can tell when he started his response to you and he talked about the evidence, right? That was like the third sure. se- that was the third yeah. word in his sentence. Yeah. And I think these things need to be studied to really understand Absolutely. Yeah. What is true about what you're well, saying. I'm not
0: arguing with the evidence. My point would be Right,
1: your opinion would be.
2: I think it's a philosophical. Well, I think point it's a philosophical. Opinion, yes. It's yeah, a philosoph- it's,
0: it's which is is it trade-offable? Can we withstand a little bit of emotional trauma or even a lot yeah. if it means systemic change in our society mm-hmm. so, albeit slow mm-hmm. but still some change and I, i'm willing to 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 go down that road some may not and i like mean you said you, well, you clarified it at the beginning you said don't watch a lot yeah Just, you know it's like i, I mean, can't watch isis beheading I'm, videos i can't yeah, i can't even fucking do that
2: yeah it's not good for you and we have a study that will be coming out at some point it, that's soon it, about for that.
0: me and i'm a I'm a grizzled dude. I mean, it, it's too much for me. It breaks my fucking heart. It, it's not even like, oh, that's gross. It's there is something visceral, emotionally, that happens when I watch that. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, the, a lot of the criticisms that we get about the type of work that we do is, well, you know, who are these people watching this crap? That's usually what we. That's usually the question we get from the audience. Huh.
1: You mean, who are these people watching the news?
2: No, no <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Brittany.
1: I mean, I'm just, that's, those things are on the news. I mean, they don't show beheadings on the news, but they'll show like the getting ready to happen beheading and then say, oh, we're cutting that. But they'll show the shootings. They'll show the boy being carried out of the airstrike rebel.
2: Yeah. And our, and our, um, so we have this, this, um, this uh, paper coming out next month, um, that kind of looks at correlates of, you know, um, Exposure to graphic imagery, and there's nothing special about the people watching it. They're just they're regular people, sure. like you and me. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that the you know the most graphic images, uh, at least pr- related to the Boston Marathon bombing, um, for example,
0: and there were some horrific yeah, still yeah, images. Yeah, yes. Yes. That. Yes.
2: Yeah. Terrible things. Yeah. Um, the you know the the media outlets where you were m- more likely to see that is obviously television. Uh, and online news. Hmm. So well, I, we I actually hypothesized that social media would would be implicated in that. And it, it wasn't. Oh, and wow. I, think that's, I think that's because, you know, you're on Facebook. You're on your feed. You see a, a Boston Marathon bombing. You click something and you go to a news site. That's right. Right. You know, sure. you don't really see it like on Facebook.
0: I'm not downloading a photo and then putting yeah. it on my Twitter. Right,
2: right, yeah. right, right, right. So that, I think that's why that didn't kind of pan out. But um, yeah, there's there's nothing special. There's nothing weird. There's nothing sick. About people who see graphic imagery, we are all just exposed to it. It just happens.
0: Right, I, I, and I don't disagree with with you, Nick. I don't. I, yeah. I think that that's it. Just whether or not who's willing, what what balance we can strike yeah. between the two.
2: There's, I, I I'm, uh, you know, like the, my Facebook post was, you know, was really for the people who I know are affected by, uh who are affected by privilege really. Um, sure. you know, like those the people who would be really hurt by seeing someone that looks like them bleeding in a car next to yeah. his significant other. Yeah. So it was for them, you know? Um, I, I hope that you're right, that, that exposure to these types of things, you know, raise people's consciousness about issues in our society, um,
0: well, I know it doesn't seem like it now. We've because we've got the orange-faced Führer right, running for
2: president. Right.
0: It doesn't seem like we're making progress.
2: I think you should say glowing orange-faced. I think that's <laughs> 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 he, he glows like a light,
0: like Jesus. Yeah, like
2: Jesus. <laughs> Great.
0: Anyway, yeah. uh, we're going to end it there. Okay. Uh, unless there's anything else you'd like to add?
2: No, I'm just I'm so pleased uh, to be on the show. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we we had a good time yeah. and fascinating. You're local, so we can have you back on. Oh, I would yes. encourage the audience once again if you have any questions. Well, first of all, Brittany, you just gave me the, the Kirk eye. Oop. That's do just
1: you, my natural face, but do, <laughs> go ahead. Do
0: you have anything else you'd like to to get to before I do my super professional wrap-up?
1: I do not. I'm just... We have all right, a, moving we have on a, then. We have a genius on the show, oh, and no. I'm so thankful that the genius came on here because he has been so... Helpful to me throughout my career as a student, and I'm just really happy that he came on the show.
2: Well, thank you. I'm not a genius, but thank you. Anyway.
1: A genius and a wonderful, lovely human being. And
0: super, super modest guy. So, if you have any questions, because... because, uh, Hi,
3: hi, Dr. Nick!
0: (laughs) Dr. Nick is local here. We could have him back on and talk about these types of issues. Um call in 657-464-7609. Like I said before, and like I say every time, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Of course, there is always the Facebook page. And if you're not following the Facebook page, your life is not complete yet. So go do that. You could message us there. Send us a just a post on the Facebook page. We want to Collect some questions if you have them for for the good uh, soon-to-be doctor, and uh, we can have him back on again. That would be awesome. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for stopping by, Brittany. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, for Brittany Page and Doctor Nick, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this is Ben. I doubt it.
3: Hi, everybody! Hi, Hi Dr. Nick. Nick!